Hello, I'm Luke Hatfield. I'm here today with a very special episode of the Baggies Broadcast, a bonus episode. This an interview conducted with members of the media with Graham Jones. Jones in this, of course, talks all things Albion. He works alongside Darren Moore now, of course, as assistant and worked with the Belgian national side in the summer. We really do like the opportunity to bring you these kinds of things. So if you enjoy it, please feel free to let us know. And any questions, of course, you can direct our way. But for now, take a listen to this 20-minute interview with Jones as he talks all things Albion. So, Graham, you've been here a few weeks now at West Bromwich Albion. How's it been? Quite hectic during this last little period, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, I've been here three weeks today. It feels like three months. Uh, in the nicest possible way, it's just been non-stop. Um, non-stop because I'm playing catch-up because obviously I started late and there was uh, lots of decisions to be made and work to do, especially with the group. And then obviously I'm having to move house and try and get somewhere uh, down in in, uh, in this area. So yeah, it's been it's been a bit heavy. But the results now appear to be going in the the way you want them to. Four three at Norwich and, and seven one against Queens Park Rangers. Eleven goals in two matches is some going, isn't it? Yeah, but it's the it's the performances that I've been interested in. I think. Uh, Obviously, we played a shape on Saturday. It was different to what's happened previously, but Luton was the the Luton game was the catalyst for that. Mm. Um, a lot of good performances. Uh, also, some of our first team who probably uh, wouldn't wouldn't have wanted to play um, that night that would manage to split shifts on and get an idea of what they could bring to that system and. Um, that was an important. Uh, that was an important evening. And you're learning all the time about the the players, but the personnel you've got in the squad, that system of three centre backs, four in midfield, and one in behind the front two, would broadly speaking, seem to to suit the group. Is that a fair comment? Do you think? Well, I suited the group on Saturday. Yes. <laughs> I suited the group last Tuesday. I, I like. Uh, I believe in. In having different shapes and different systems, and it's it's turning into a good option. And with Belgium, you played something very similar, didn't you, in the in the World Cup? Yeah, and we did at Wigan as well. We never really we played back three at Everton once or twice, um, but at, at Wigan we were we had a, won the FA Cup playing a back three. Um, but in the World Cup, it was slightly different. It was one and two number tens where he had. Two strikers and a number ten. So, I think in any system, you just you need to try and get a strong team and good players out on the pitch, and I think that's what we've done the last two or three games. And certainly, talking to Matt Phillips, for example, after the game on on Saturday, he was saying it is still very much a, a work in progress, but you could tell that he was enthusiastic and, and wanted to to make it work. This this system. Yeah, well, it's, it sort of helps when you've got a player like Matt who. I spoke to him whether um, he, he enjoyed playing wing-back or not, and he did, which helped, uh, helps you make your mind up. But maybe a lot of people want to realise we finished the Forest game the last 20 minutes in a back three, and obviously Matty scored. So I think as a, as a coach, if you look long enough and you look hard enough, um, the facts are there for you, really. So I've been pleased how Matty's took to it with... with uh, He's played three sort of twenty minutes, half a game, then a full game, and he scored three goals. So um, it bodes well for the future. 
and Harvey Barnes, for somebody of relative inexperience, he took to the, the number 10 role really well, didn't he, at the weekend? Yeah, but he, he played 60 minutes on Tuesday night, and he improved on that at the weekend. His understanding was better, his use of space was better. I thought we got better service to him. Um, and he's, he's obviously he's intelligent enough to, to be able to play that system and that position. And if they both stay fit, touch wood, they will. Dwight Gale and Jay Rodriguez have the potential in this division to be a really potent partnership, don't they? Yeah, they do, but the, the pleasing thing is Hal came on again and mm. scored. Hal came on and, uh, and set up the, the sixth goal. Uh, Ollie Burke scored midweek. Um, I mean, Jay and Dwight have been fantastic, but we, we can't un- you can't underestimate their, their contribution as well, Ollie and, and Hal Robson Carney. So we need competition for places everywhere, and that's, that's a pleasing aspect in that area. Let's talk about your relationship with Darren Moore, if we could. You go back years to when you were playing alongside one another up at Doncaster, don't you? Yeah, um, oof, 23 years ago. Mm. Um, and obviously, as teammates, you get a bit like with my relationship with Roberto you get an extra connection with somebody on a human level and we did me and Darren and uh, we didn't in the you know in the the following you know I don't know what it was 21 years we didn't see each other all the time but we always spoke maybe three months or six weeks but we always spoke and uh, I don't know it was um, it just felt right it felt natural um, from a, a football point of view in terms of respecting the game we're very very similar we live for the game it's our lives it's not something we do 50% of the time and it's it's a total commitment so was it always your intention to get back into club management or coaching after the World Cup and if that was the case were you always going to come here in that event I wouldn't say I was always going to come here because there's a lot of circumstances that have to fall into place I mean I had an offer to stay with with Rob and stay with the national team, but I think it was never it was for me. It was never going to get any bigger than a World Cup semi-final. There's only one game that's bigger probably in the world. Um, you know, lucky enough to win a bronze medal, and I just saw I saw the end of that particular road. I missed day-to-day coaching. Uh, you have long periods of doing nothing or just scouting, which I thoroughly enjoyed. But I wanted to get back. Uh, on the grass day to day and I wanted to get back in the UK as well and then it's obviously who you work with and with Darren Moore I had no problems on a um, on a human level and a football level that it would work and often they say good managerial partnerships are a good cop bad cop which are you? Oh I can be both no problem <laughs> I think Darren can be both as well I think it's about being honest it's about being mm. fair and I think we've both got that understanding. And he says he calls you Bonner, and there's a bit of a story attached to that. What's that? I don't know what the story <laughs> is. It was I was at school. It was Jones, Bones, and one day somebody said call him Bonner. I think there might have been two Joneses, which oh, is, yes. it is a popular name, Jones. <laughs> so they said call call me Bonner. And everybody calls me Bonner. That's what I've had since I was probably five year old. So yeah. Okay. Not quite the interesting story that we had to believe necessarily. But anyway, we'll move on. Um, What can be achieved by this group? I know you're still assessing players very much on a day-to-day basis. It's still very early in the season. But what do you think at this early stage can be achieved? Um, Obviously, there's lots of improvement uh, to make. 
Um, I think for me, I, I don't. It's impossible to set goals to say that we can win the league or win the FA Cup. Or I just think our jobs and our responsibility is to max out with the players we've got. And when you've been working here three weeks, you, you've got no chance of maxing out. So it's going to take a little bit of time, but we'll be assessed on. Um, getting the best out of every single player and then we'll have to wait and see where that takes us. Well, the fans obviously are, are loving it at the moment with, with the change in, in approach, the change in style. Broadly speaking, what, what would you say to the, the supporters, Graham, moving forward into the season? Uh, support us because there'll be reasons behind everything we do and try and work out what they are because um, at times when uh, culturally here, I know what's gone on the last four or five years and in order to move forward, we we can't play that way anymore. We're West Bromwich Albion. We're one of the best, if not the biggest, sides in the championship. And uh, we need to move, move forward. We need a different style and a different shape in order to win football matches because you only get promoted when you win football matches. So I'd ask them to try and be patient, understand the, the new culture that's arriving at the club um, and try and support that. Because that is a big departure from what they've seen this season, as you've acknowledged already, from what's been before. Trying to stay in the Premier League is a whole different scenario to, as you've acknowledged just there, trying to achieve promotion back into the Premier League, isn't it? Yeah, huge. Because, I don't know, the Wolves got 100 points last year. So you, 99 in the 99. End, yeah. You have to score goals. And you have to win football matches. And draw sometimes are good results in the Premier League, where in the Championship they're not. Um, so that's a reason for it um, and uh, you know hopefully we'll get a set of results like Saturday for the future So to sum up it's going to be a bit like being on a roller coaster but it would be worth staying on board Well I hope it's not a roller coaster mm. because I, you know I'm from a, a school of wanting to control the game and control the ball allows you to do that so um, I just want to keep progressing day by day and I mean that that's not just coaches talk we need to progress day by day and like, as I've said to you try and get the maximum out of the players and in the short term that's the plan Just to take you back Graham to Doncaster yeah. and what, you obviously have this connection with Darren why how did that manifest itself and, and why were you drawn to him I suppose um, I think it was a bit of both um, why I think uh, the owner of Doncaster at the time, Ken Richardson, um, he he did the he signed the players, so he'd obviously signed me there, and he'd he'd signed Darren, and they asked me to go and pick him up at uh, Doncaster railway station, uh-huh. and me and my wife uh, turned up because Darren was turned up with uh, Ange, who was Angie, who was Darren's girlfriend at the time, and uh, we're trying to. I tried to help sell the club, you know, because obviously we wanted to do better. And there was a connection immediately. Um, both loved the game. You meet a lot of pros who use the game. Um, and we both loved it. And the girls connected and um, just had a great relationship. And then I played against them, which wasn't very pleasant. The, f- the following <laughs> season, I played against them previously at Torquay. And then when I went to Wigan, played against them. And I scored a lot of goals that season, but I didn't score against Darren, which is she wouldn't surprise anyone. And then, like you know, we we're really close. And 1999, we did air license together, 
and we did 16 days at Lillishaw. Darren was 25 and I was 29, so we're young really, that's how serious we were about football. But we roomed together for 16 days, um, and you know, it was heavy, there were long days, there were nine or six o'clock every day at the end of a football season. I'd done the playoffs for Wigan, we had Man City over two legs, and it was just just a connection for on a on a from a football point of view as well, when we started getting serious as one thing as a player and then when you start talking about the game, um, it's very, very different, but we had that. So it sounds like you almost grew together as coaches in those, well, in those formative years. And for you, is this coming back and coaching with him, is it almost come full circle in a way? Yeah, uh, I just it's hard to explain. You just... I think if I ever became a manager, I think Darren knew that I would probably give him a call. And he said the same thing to me. We never had the conversation. Mm. Never, Not once did we say, oh, if I get a job, I'll... It just... There was a feeling there. And uh, it just there's more... You have to, I think in order good partnerships, have got history. Mm. You have to have a connection on a human level, but also you need to have similar um, football principles and... We have. You you enjoyed an association with Roberto for for many years as well. Was it was it was Darren kind of in a very select band of people that you would only have left Roberto to have kind of joined? Da- Darren Darren's the only person I'd be assistant to now, and that was it. That's how how much I value Darren. I couldn't be in it when when you know I've worked at a good level. I was seven years in the Premier League and and, and two years with national football. I couldn't have worked for anybody else. It was Darren or go on my own, and um, you know I wanted to I wanted to work with Darren, and that's why I, that's why I did it. Do you still have aspirations to be a manager yourself in the future? Definitely. It just has to be the right time for me. And at the minute, I'm really enjoying, uh, and I mean this, I'm really enjoying working with Darren. Really enjoying working with the players have been fantastic, and I'm enjoying West Brom. And, Honestly, long may it continue. He's obviously just starting out on his coaching or managerial career. Sorry, obviously he's been a coach before. And from the outside, it looks like he's learning pretty quickly and he's doing pretty well. How have you, behind the scenes, how have you seen him sort of learn the ropes? Well, he's a, he's a natural leader and that's, that's his biggest strength. And again, on a, on a human level, he... he he affects everybody because he's he's genuine, he's honest, he's consistent. All the qualities a good leader needs, but he's knowledgeable as well. He, you know, he got promoted four times out of this league, and that uh, you play four games like we've played, and you realise how tough the league is. So it goes sort of lets you know how difficult it is and, and what type of character it is, and he hasn't changed really. Darren got the job mainly because of an inspirational run as, as caretaker at the end of la- last season. Obviously, you, you may have looked on from from afar to see them beat Manchester United and Tottenham and Newcastle to, to to very nearly stay up. I mean, what what did you make of what did you make of that to see your old friend Darren um, get so close to to actually keeping them up? Well, he asked me to come in and work with them straight away, but obviously I had the World Cup and. I was totally committed to that. Um, I went to the Man United game and gave him feedback afterwards, but I think Darren managed that situation really, really well because um, as well as having 
like a good tactical plan, he didn't change anything or become too dramatic for the players, went back to what they knew. But again, he's a type of leader that you want to fight for, and I think that, was, in essence, that was why um, West Brom had such a good run. Maybe if it had have happened a little bit earlier, they might, or we might still be a Premier League side now. You, you spoke earlier about when you were speaking to Rob. It sounds like you've got a real clear idea of how you want to play football, an identity almost. And when we spoke to Darren before the game on Saturday, he was saying he wants his team to be flexible. I just wonder, do you see this team? playing one particular way and having that identity or do they need to have that flexibility? I think anything you need a master what you what you do but modern football you need flexibility you need uh, adaptability you know uh, Man City won the league playing 4-3-3 and yesterday they played a back three I remember Barcelona Pep won everything the following season he changed it to a back three and you think why is he doing that? It's because people work you out so you have to be flexible and you have to be adaptable but if you've got um, a good formula then you need to perfect it You've um, obviously worked with some incredible um, players over over in the summer How, what was it like to kind of work alongside Thierry Henry as well in, in the coaching staff I mean was, was that something that you gained much experience from over the last two years with, with Belgium? Yeah, I think uh, I think Titi learned a lot as well. Terry learned a lot as well because obviously he was, that was his first main coaching role. But we learned a lot from him because he was, you know, he was a phenomenal footballer. There's no getting away from that. If you look at his record and what he achieved, you talk about maxing out during your career. So the guy brings incredible experience. But, but again, like Darren, just a fantastic lad. When you really get to know him well, he's um, he's a really, really good guy. I'm convinced Terry will be a manager. I'm convinced he'll be successful. He's got that uh, he's got that knowledge and he's got that understanding of people. How have you found it, kind of um, coming from coaching, arguably the most talented group of, of players on the planet, to um, coaching West Bromwich Albion in the second tier? Have taken some some um, getting a head round or no because it's just it's a challenge it's 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 a challenge that I enjoy it's trying to polish these boys and get the best out of these boys that's that's a challenge of coaching in Belgium it was very very it was very difficult we had a group of stars that would have to make a team and it, it you know it took two years to get to the point that we did in Russia where without a, without a doubt we, we created a team when we inherited there was a group of individuals so the challenges change from from job to job and I'm really enjoying this one um, just, yeah. The last thing I wanted to ask was just a little bit more about what, what, what Graham Jones does to, to um, re- relax and forget about football and um... Not a lot I'd <laughs> <laughs> a, a, a switch off from leaving here on Saturday until maybe 7 o'clock last night at 24 hours when my two boys and my wife went, went for some of the either but at 7 o'clock last night I watched the Saturday's game in detail so but 24 hours is fantastic you can switch up so it's an all consuming yeah role. it has to be but I accepted that 12 years ago when me and Roberto started I knew straight away that's how it was this is this is not something to be to be played at something to enjoy it's, something to, it's a way of living 
people don't understand way of living. I don't go, I don't leave here and think, oh, I need to leave work behind. I never think like that. I accepted it in my life. And, um, yeah, well, that's, I'm not sort of saying anything about anybody else. That's how it's been for me. So that just about does it for our interview with Graham Jones. Really hope you enjoyed it. Doing things like this is a really good opportunity for us and hopefully you guys enjoy it too. Uh, if you liked it, please feel free to let us know on Twitter at uh, AlbionPoddy or by emailing us at baggiesbroadcast at expressandstar.co.uk. For now, expect the latest episode of the Baggies Broadcast to come as per usual at the beginning of the week.